Bud's Weekly Geek Out. Sometimes you know it's good to be a geek. The podcast. One, two, three, four. We are on episode four of the Weekly Geek Out podcast. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi. There we go. I am Webmeister Bud. I am the resident geek of The Zone at 91.3, and I also host a little feature called Bud's Weekly Geek Out on The Morning Zone, Wednesdays at 7.20. Who are you pointing at this guy? I'm DJ Boitano. I am frequently heard on The Afternoon Zone uh, doing the mixtape and four times now in this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to a roll going on there. Yeah. And, and sitting over in arts chair, what's happening here? My name is Paul Blastino, and uh, I'm also on the Afternoon Zone. Um, uh, thanks for having me. I'm a colossal nerd and geek. I don't talk about that stuff a ton on my own radio program, except for when uh, Brian joins me. I feel like that's a safe place to put that sometimes, but we're also, he does a mixtape show, so there's a little of, you know, let's get into this the sweet, funky, wicka wicka mixes, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I do really enjoy geek stuff as well. So this has really been an honor. Thanks for having me, and uh, Wow. Yeah, we got Paul Plastino in here as a guest co-host. Uh, Art Aronson has work to do. He totally just disappeared. I set up four mics in here. <laughs> I just want to say, I, know, Brian. I have this funky setup with, <laughs> with two extra mics because uh-huh. this is only a two-mic studio, so we needed two extra mics, a second mixer, and then a mic headphone, stands, headphone splitter, a four-way headphone splitter that sure. we are only using three. Laptop stand now. in here, I know. And then we have this this sad, empty, dust gathering microphone <sighs> at which nobody is standing because Art has bailed on us now to do actual work. Yeah, work. how dare he put his actual job ahead of this? <sighs> so this is the show, four shows in, where we talk about geeky things that we generally would just talk about in the halls, except now we're keying mics and we're recording it. And um, I don't yet have any indication that anybody has uh, heard any of these, so uh, we'll, 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 see. <laughs> we'll see. I've not gotten one bit of response from anybody. Oh, uh, no. Paul, I know you, you told me you listened, so that's uh, that might be one. I and did. I, I would have gotten some emails because I said some pretty racist things in the last three. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, nope. Yeah, so nobody's listening. So no, no, we're so far talking into the void, and that's that's okay. And um, uh, hey, that's a good thing, too, that if you listen to the podcast even one time, you'll be invited on as a guest. That's right, too. That's, that's, so that's what happened. Yeah. Sure, perfect. <laughs> Not really the way it's going to happen. So uh, we'll start by talking about the weekly geek out tiny, tiny four minute program uh, from which this podcast is kind of named, I guess. Mm. Uh, and that's Bud's Weekly Geek Out. That's me. I'm Bud. Uh, where this week with Dylan and Jason, I talked about the Google Home Hub, which is yet another smart home device. They're 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 out there. They're they're all over the place. Most of them are smart speakers, though. This one is a smart screen with a speaker. So it's a fairly basic at this point touchscreen interface but it's a beautiful photo frame when it's not doing stuff and mm. it's idle modes um and interestingly this one is lacking of a, a camera which is something that you would think in 2018 every device in the world would be equipped with but what they're thinking about and what actually kind of makes me think a little bit about getting one is that they've done this for reasons of privacy and paranoia and i am full of paranoia yeah. oh man uh, about the internet and whatnot and um yeah so no camera means that they're hoping people will put this 
in their bedrooms or in their bathrooms or on their counters, the regular spots or living room or, or whatever. They're, they're meant to be uh, just a little helper in the kitchen. It can show your recipes or, or whatever. And so it does have where the camera would be. It has an ambient light sensor. So when the lights go down in your house, the brightness on the screen goes down. When the light goes out completely, um, it, it stops cycling through the photos in your Google Photos. And we'll just show you the time, which is a nice little thing. Okay. Um, and it has what a lot of the modern um, smart speaker types of devices have, which is a hardware mute switch for the mic. And that, to me, is the most important thing. When these things first came out, I had sort of crafted in my mind a little foot switch. I was going to hack into the board and, like, kill the mic except for when I stepped on this foot switch so it wouldn't <laughs> be listening to me all the time. Because I don't want that. Yeah. I really just don't. I've never had that on my phone, and it's it's all. And I'm sure they're listening anyways. Um, yeah, so some something for the paranoid out there. My question, though, is that if you are this parent, like, say if you're Dylan and Jason paranoid, that yeah. level of paranoia. I will say that's a would, whole other level. Would you yes. get this anyway? No, no, probably not. Like, Jason was Jason was all about not having the thing listening to him in the first place. Mm-hmm. So he's definitely got, not going to get anything that could possibly be looking at him, even even something like this. No, he's he's beyond that first level of even, uh, even wanting it to be listening. Because those microphones are always on because mm-hmm. they're waiting for what they call the invocation command, where you invoke the smart speaker by saying, hey, name a smart speaker or whatever, which I'm not going to say because sometimes that makes smart speakers go on. Nobody's yeah. listening to this anyway. We've oh, already right. established that. Hey, no. Google. Order me a dollhouse. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Oh, no. A dollhouse oh, showing up. Um, that's a very interesting thing. This to makes this kind of a thing more appealing to me. The the smart speaker has no appeal to me whatsoever. Really? Why? None. I don't know. I uh, I have an Apple TV in the house, and that's kind of how I use it to, to play music, and um, you can't get recipes on it or whatever, but I've got a phone. I've got a uh, an iPad. I can look recipes up on there. Nothing is appealing to me of just shouting at my house, turn the lights on or whatever. I can do all those things. Like, it's n- it just the marketing hasn't got in my brain yet. See, I've house sat for um, two friends, yes. Kirsten James being one of them, mm-hmm. Kirsten James from the Weekend Zone, and they have these things. And novelty-wise, anyways, I love it because I just walked in the door and I'm like, Alexa, play the zone. Yeah. And then I'm wandering around, you know, playing with puppies and the zone is off in the background. And sure. for me, speaker, like sound quality is a big thing. And the sound quality apparently in this Google Home hub, not amazing. Right. But they have other speakers, their main Google Home, which sounds really good. And I do love the idea of that because I'm like, Google volume down and it goes down. And and I, I yeah, I kind of like that because... It's it's the one thing in your setup that you describe that is that is missing. You know, you've got mm-hmm. your screen mm-hmm. to watch stuff, you've got your phone to get information and whatnot, but just for background stuff, for sure. running podcasts or radio, yeah. I think that would be ideal. Yeah, it's just, again, I, I run it all through uh, my Apple TV where I have the remote where I have to activate the microphone to tell it to do things. Oh, sure. Um, and it, that works like a charm, but I also just like uh, voice command stuff is, I'm not really convinced that it's, eh, the technology's quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, you no, definitely I mean? not, but it's, it's fun to play with. Sure, yeah, and again, it does it does feel like a novelty thing to me, And but I'll say this, with the screen on it like this, in this way, that is kind of a little appealing. You know, that you've got this thing that runs your whole house. You know, I do have a dream of just, you know, he's like being able uh, to, to shout out from the bedroom, like play some music, and then it also plays throughout the entire house. That's a beautiful dream. I get that. I get the appeal, I guess, a little bit there. So, and this feels like a step in that direction where it uh, runs your whole house. There is a bit of a screen where you can take control if you need to. Um, and, uh, and, and what's really I find fascinating is that the privacy, this, this is Google. 
I feel, really listening to all the jokes about, like, the privacy and the privacy is constantly listening to you. Hey, uh, hey, wiretap, give me some pancake recipe, right? That thing. They're listening to the memes almost and uh, building it in that way, which is good because I think memes are kind of expressing what's on the psyche of so many people. But are you really that paranoid? Really, you guys? Like, who's listening to you? Who gives a rip about what you're doing? There's, no, there's nothing that interesting going on in your house. I swear to God. That is a fair point. Like, we are teeny <laughs> tiny little microbes in a giant uh, a giant uh, planet of people that could be spied upon. And I'm sure, yeah, we are no nowhere on anybody's radar. But yeah, I don't right? know. I was just built with a... With a, a good amount of paranoia in me, sure. and um, I've sort of followed that through my life. <laughs> privacy is important. Don't get me wrong. I'm not yeah. saying, like, give up your privacy and all this and whatever. Um, so it's important that those features are there. I think that's great. But also, I think we can all just, if you want to put it in your house to, you know, yell, hey, hey play Bruno Mars, just put it in there. There's, they're not doing that. In fact, yeah. I trust the tech companies. I know that Tim Cook... Uh, recently uh, was talking about how he wants more protections. He wants to do more so that uh, thinking that your iPhone and your watch and all that is listening to you is cannot be happening and that the government can't get into it. That makes me happy. Right? Apple has actually made a couple of good moves in terms of you know policing and government yes. where they're saying like, no, no, we won't give that up because we told we user, our users we would not give that up. Yeah. Another reason, though, is the, the Google stuff has good tie-ins with Nest. Like, there's affiliations and whatnot. Right. So the Nest thermostat and the Nest doorbell and all these things for like the full smart home setup. So theoretically, if you had all these things, you could control your um, lights, your heat, and see who's at your door, yeah. you know, with the, the doorbells and whatnot, all through this one screen. That, I think, would be fantastic. Sure. But if it's just a screen, not quite there for me just yet. This is all getting us to the place, like we were in Star Trek, right, where just Captain Picard would bark out an order and the computer would know exactly what he wanted and deliver it to him, right? That's what you want for your house. Everyone's trying to turn their house into the USS Enterprise. And I, it's just, I know if I was watching Star Trek realistically, it would be like, computer, uh, uh, modulate the phase codes. And I know Siri from the computer would be like, I'm sorry, I can't take that request right now. Did you mean you want to hear Bruno Mars? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not there. I'm sorry. It's not there. No. 24th century, we're not there yet. But it's close, because my <laughs> friends who have the Amazon uh, Alexa, yeah. they have they have tweaked it so that they say, computer, damage report. <laughs> and it'll give them the weather for the day. Oh, that's, that's awesome. funny. That's really good. I do hear, though, kind of what you're saying in terms of the paranoia. Mm. There's a little narcissism in that. In totally. that, like, oh, the CIA is listening. Because, like, if I'm I had... Im- I'm that important. <laughs> if my microphone on my cell phone, which I carry around in my pocket all the time, is active and there's a CIA <laughs> agent listening to you, I would love to meet that person because they have the patience of a god. Yeah. Because <laughs> they would yep. be so bored with yeah. my life. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, Fair point. Fair point. All right, shall we move on? Please. Let's do it. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I don't know what we're going to be talking about, but it'll all be filled with spoilers. This is probably why we have no listeners. Yeah, that's probably it, right? <laughs> Someone listened to the first episode. Oh, I didn't I haven't seen Infinity War yet. Yeah. No, wait, that was just me. Um, have you not seen it yet? No, 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 no. I, I oh, have. Okay. So here's the thing. Here's yes. the thing. Like, <laughs> the first couple weeks of this podcast... It was butt up till two in the morning or something, watching something, basically cramming for this podcast. <laughs> but by the time the first podcast had aired, I had not seen Infinity I War. I knew 
the night, the exact time that Bud watched and finished <laughs> Infinity War because I got a text message at 2 in the morning saying, what the fuck, in all caps. And I was like, oh, he just saw the snap. <laughs> <laughs> that really affected me, man. I yeah. tell you what. Yeah. So anyways, here's your first list of, these aren't really spoilers if you're on the internet, Luke Cage and Iron Fist, both season threes have been canceled. They got the snap. They got, they the, got snap. the snap. They got snaps. Netflix snapped them. Um, I can't say I'm super surprised about Iron Fist, but Luke Cage. Well, see, that's the thing though is like Iron Fist season one sucked. Yeah, I thought it sucked. I thought it missed the mark. It mm. could have been way better. And there are so many things they could have done with it, and they just didn't. Season two was pretty damn good with the brother. Yeah, and the the choreography. I think they fired their original choreographer and hired somebody new because the choreography in in uh, season two was really good. Uh, the story was better. They also didn't weren't afraid to mess things up within like they they weren't sticking to a status quo. Um, so I thought it was great. But I'm, you know, part of me is not surprised about this because of the fact that Disney's starting their own streaming service right. and they're going to take all these things back anyway. Yeah, that clock is ticking. So I think this is really just Netflix sort of dumping their properties and being like, this is going to be leaving us anyway. Why spend any more money on this? And that hurts. That yeah. sucks. From a, from a viewer's perspective, I don't like that. But I get it. It's business. Isn't that such a shame as that like, Netflix came in and all of a sudden gave us um, one network again? It was like we were living back yes. in the 1950s, yes. right? It's like, call. hey, Bill Murray's got a Christmas special. Where is it going to be? On Netflix, of course, because <laughs> that's where TV is. That's all we watch is yeah. we have one channel and it's Netflix. And so the diversification, everyone now, all these other companies seeing the uh, that model being so successful, trying to start up their own streaming services, that breaks my heart. You know, so now it's like I gotta go to CBS Prime to watch Star Trek Discovery. Oh, I gotta yeah, go to yeah. a Disney streaming service. I want to watch The Mandalorian. Whatever it is, you know that that's a shame. It's just like, oh, here we are. We're back in that crummy eight hundred channel universe we hated for the last ten yeah. years, and we're so glad that Netflix saved us from. So that's disappointing. I don't hear of many other people that are talking about network television shows anymore. No, like, of course Did you see no. that thing on NBC? Did you no. see this show on ABC? Did you see this show on CBS? On a can't miss CSI. You, know, you can't, right. yeah, you, you're not really hearing about that anymore because Netflix changed the way we consume television and we consume shows and it, it was it was priding itself on being as creative as it was. Show of hands, who's got network TV in this room? Who has cable still? I do. You do? But... No, 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 not, right? for, not yeah. for years. There I do, go. but like, I think all I ever watch is the news, right. which I can consume online. Yeah. And that's so. the funny thing. Yeah. Uh, that was that was my longest holdout for cable was local news. Mm. But then check, start putting their casts on their website, and yeah. so yeah, I kind of kind of don't need that. Nope. Um, it was kind of cool for the Olympics and you know these one time oh, live yeah. things yeah, and yeah. everything. Again, not a big sports guy, but it's about the spectacle and whatnot. But yeah. Vancouver was the last time you know that I subscribed for that. Wow. And yeah, I think the last sort of the the final three letter. You know, bastion of a of a of a station producing content that is anywhere near relevant is HBO. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's about it. Um, quick note on the um the CBS CBS All Access thing. Go on. Breaking news as of you know Thursday noon when we record this. Wow. A Star Trek animated comedy series lands two season order at CBS All Access. <laughs> So CBS All Access <laughs> is where they're showing Star Trek Discovery. Oh, and where they're showing these little uh, once a month. Star Trek shorts. Are you watching Discovery, Paul? Yes. Have yeah, you I watched am. the short? Like the first I did. short? I did, yeah. I haven't, I haven't gotten around to it. How was the first short? It had uh, Mary, um, 
Kelly, um, Tilly, Tilly yes. in it, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, it was uh, fine. It was, it was like 20 minutes or whatever, and it's like, eh, that's enough of that. Little standalone stories to supposedly tide us over until the next season begins next yeah. year. But I certainly love that that's a possibility. Is like, you know, like you don't have to make a 30 minute or a 22 minute or whatever it is thing. It's like, if you want to make a 15, a 10 minute short, you can put that on your streaming service. And I was excited. I went home. Mm-hmm. I canceled plans because I swear to God, I was like, I want to watch this Star Trek thing awesome. right now. I got the notification that it was out. Went home and watched it and canceled my plans. That's nice. so cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's cool. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like the Marvel one shots that we always talk about. Brian. Yeah. Like I love those great little pieces, self-contained stories. Very cool. Little things to just tide you over, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, yeah, this is interesting. I don't know anything about this, but it's an animated, comedic Star Trek series that already has been signed for two seasons. Wow. And it's called uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. Uh, Lower, Deck was, Lower Decks was the name of a Next Generation episode. Um, a really good Next Generation episode. I don't know. how are you guys into, Were you guys into Next Generation? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Ensign Rowe, I believe this was her first. Uh, she, I think she was a Maquis. And this was her first, uh, her first appearance. And it was like Lower Decks is in like sort of the lower ranking people. And it was a highlight story of four, um, four of these sort of lower ranking people. And, and, and it's some kind of serious adventure that they went on. I can't remember the plot of the show, but I do remember it was a really good episode. Uh, so, yeah. So that's, uh, that's all I know about it, except that it's uh, being written by Mike Mike Mahan from Rick and Morty. Huh. Oh, neat. So that's okay. Uh, and so it's going to be animated comedy. Yes. Animated Star Trek comedy. I mean, we did have an animated series uh, in the 60s, I think, yeah. and it was pretty funny, but I don't think they meant it to be that way. <laughs> but I kind of like that. I like taking a universe that is known and popular. We've explored so much of it. Yeah. Taking, Yeah, taking a different angle on it. I, I remember Marvel was going to try to do that with like a half-hour comedic sitcom called Damage Control. What? Where, uh, well, they, in- yeah, and they introduced right. Damage Control in uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Uh, but they were going to do like a comedic sitcom introducing characters of the people that basically clean up after the Hulk. I remember and, the Damage Control reference now. That was going to be, that would have been so funny. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, I would have loved that. Well, it's like there was a little cottage industry online of uh, comedy based on all your favorite serious action things. Yeah. There really is. Like, there's so much jokey, like, the, what is that, uh, how it should have ended as a series, right? That's like mm-hmm. an animated, it's like all just comedy based on these characters. It's just good synergy for CBS or Marvel or Disney or whoever to do that as well. If that's the content that your fandom wants, do it. Yeah. Now, I assume that from that uh, notification you got, bud, there wasn't any um, uh, more information, but let's now all wildly speculate what would be the funniest uh, d- place in the Star Trek universe to put an animated show like this, this Lower Decks thing. Where, what ship do you put it on? What crew? What costumes are they wearing? Is this the uh, the yellow and blue Kirk and Spock? Yeah, what era, era of Star Trek is, is this? Yeah. Does it make sense for it to just stick with the Discovery? Uh, you know, because that's what's going on primarily in their world right now. Is it the J.J. Abrams universe, uh, that enterprise? Man. Where do we put this show? Paul Plastino asking the tough questions. <laughs> that's really, you know. Right? I'll tell you. I mean, in an ideal world for me... Yes. Like, all of it. Uh, Like, shows that would concentrate on various bits, like a little bit from the original series, a little bit from Next Gen, a little bit from DS9. Love it. Um, uh, Oh, whoa. I kind of hope it's that way. I don't think it would be. Pretty pretty ensemble thing and tough to build sort of longer story arcs. But there is so much you could just drop into the Star Trek universe yeah. for that mm-hmm. I think would be great comedic fodder. Well, and Patrick Stewart, too. Can you imagine if they said it in a next-gen world and, like, you could have... Patrick Stewart is a... 
it's mostly what he's been doing lately is voiceover stuff. Yeah, you know he could pop in there and make a cameo once in a while. I don't, I don't know if he well, wants he's to already know. back in production he's, for his own yeah, thing. Which it would be really yeah. funny say if it was in Next Gen World and he did make a cameo. He was always an off-screen cameo, yelling from outside. The door. <laughs> <laughs> Can you fix this? You know, <laughs> I love Leslie. that. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. So let's swing back to Netflix and um, talk about what we think. Spoiler-free, it says here. Uh, probably for the other people in the room, actually, of Daredevil uh, Season 3 so far. Who's watched some Daredevil Season 3? Oh, wait, I have. Me. Have you not? <laughs> nope. You I have not. No. I know oh, Art. Ha- like, I was talking about this with Art yesterday because I so I, I, I came into Daredevil Season 3, and I think before ever watching and, and starting a Netflix show, I'll look at the episode list just to see... Really? What I'm in for. That's too spoilery for me. I don't oh, well, know. No, I won't look and read at the episode. I just want to know how many episodes there are. Oh, sure. Oh. Okay. So I, I looked at this and I was like, shit, 13 <laughs> episodes. And I was, what a commitment. What are we, we talking? Go. 40 know. to a minute? And it used to, to be an like hour? 24 episodes on uh. network television shows. But uh, I so I saw that and it was like, yeah, they're, they're all an hour long. Oh, and geez, I was like, man, man, are they really stretching out the storyline that much? I finished it yesterday, though. Um, and there were some things that I felt like, oh, okay, maybe there's a veer here. There's some a character that they're focusing on here that they maybe didn't need to focus on so much to be able to get the grand scope of the story. But overall, I thought this series is the one that, that really does it right. You know, it's their flagship. It's their first. It's you know? very People much so. Keep yeah. looking to it to hold the high quality. And I'm glad. I'm really glad of that because... Uh, the trailers that I've seen for this, I want to. I want to watch yeah, this series. They, they do get a little formulaic in that because, like, uh, what made Daredevil like one of the standout things in Daredevil season one is the hallway fight, mm-hmm. and I think every season of mm-hmm. Daredevil, and I think even a se- like that season of the Defenders and stuff, they all have their quote unquote hallway fight. Right, they're trying mm-hmm. to live up to that. This one does a hallway fight. But it's like they put the hallway fight on steroids. In that, I think it was like this. One shot. I don't know. Spoilery. Spoiler. Are you planning on watching it? No. Definitely yes, planning no. on watching it. Oh, I'm fine. There's a, there's this basically this hallway fight that takes place in a prison, and it's it seems like one shot, and it's it's kind of in and around a, a prison riot. So nice. you see a lot of different things, and mm. uh, the thing I love about Daredevil is that you know he's very flawed. He's not that unstoppable superhero that uh you know he never gets punched in the face and he gets punched in the face a lot (laughs) you like he'll take off his mask at some points and like his face is all messed up and bloody and black eye cuts and everything like that i just love it and the thing i also love about this too is that because like they built up season one of getting daredevil finally into the daredevil costume right season two i think pretty much the entire thing was in the daredevil costume uh this is like is he ever gonna wear the daredevil costume <laughs> he's like back in that like kind of black it's sort of homemade thing yeah with that yeah that homemade mask why and, why is he doing that uh well like, without getting too too spoilery it's just like in the Defenders, he essentially winds up underneath a building that collapsed on him, right? Okay. So, like, one, after the Defenders, you don't know, like, people, the people in the Defenders, like, all the other superheroes, all of his friends around him, they don't know if he's alive, one. And then the suit gets all fucked up, right? Mm, so, okay. Like, he Fair. basically, essentially loses the suit. Um, and, with, again, without getting too, too spoiler, if you are planning on watching, there is a copycat uh, suit. Uh, floating around there. Mm. Awesome. Um, 
but you, for the most part, just get to see Daredevil as that original un- black Under Armour black mask, like uh, the season one guy before he got pretty much like he, the, okay. the, yeah, the they call him the Devil of, Hell, of Hell's Kitchen. Right, like, that's how uh, he's represented in this, and I love it. I I love that. You know, because it takes it back to, you know, what we loved about the story in the first place. And he doesn't need all this armor and all mm. that kind of stuff to be, you know, good. So, Neato. So, Paul, you didn't see The Defenders? No. I think no. Yeah, you're you're pretty far behind. Uh, no, I haven't watched any of these things. It's is overwhelming to me and I am not going to watch them. I think what Netflix, see, the thing that I'm nervous about with Netflix starting to cancel and dump all these properties, mm-hmm. um, because like, say if they do that and then Disney picks it up and Disney gets you know, Luke Cage season three, or they get Iron Fist season three, or they even do like a Heroes for Hire. I think Disney's gonna, you know, focus back on taking these guys into more of a PG-13 realm instead of like uh, an R. You know know what I mean? Because like, it's, Daredevil gets pretty violent. Yeah, that makes sense. Punisher gets pretty violent. And to to put that on the Disney streaming service, like right next to Moana, I don't really (laughs) see that happening. (laughs) So I think it's going to end up maybe losing a little bit of its edge. Enjoy the edge while you can, folks. Yes. Yeah, it's going away. Boo, that's kind of a shame. But it makes sense. It makes nothing but sense. Neat. Are we uh, are we off that topic? Let's do that. Let's let's move on. Walking Dead stuff. Oh, that's what you. I thought you were doing. I I heard something else, like a completely different song. And what did you hear? I I heard Walking Dead. I think I started hearing Stranger Things. Oh, I can see that. I can see if you take it one more note up, right on that third note. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah, No, okay, we're talking Walking Dead. Uh, we're talking Walking Dead and Andrew Lincoln, the guy who plays Rick Grimes, who's been there from the very, very beginning, is on his way out. Wow. Yeah. So we, do we know what's going to happen yet? Is he going to die? We we don't know what's going to happen. I would assume that he would have to die because otherwise he'd be that creepy dude from high school that's already graduated two years ago that <laughs> yes. keeps coming back. <laughs> right, right, yeah. That's a good way to put don't, it. Don't fans want that, though? Don't they want uh, him to come back and just pop his head in? He's like, oh, he's still out there. It's your old pal, Rick Grimes. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, what's he been up to all that time? It's a mystery. A cameo. They're not going to let that character die, are they? It'll be really weird, though. Like, how are they going to write that? This is just him wanting to leave the show? Well, yeah. So the actor, the actor himself. um, Andrew Lincoln, who is a Brit, by the way. I love that. I love people who are British and can do amazing, you know, American, as they call it, accents. Yeah. uh, Because we, you know, Americans tend to suck at doing English accents. But the other way around, they're really good at it. (laughs) All the best ones on that show, though, except for, for like, say, Daryl and Michonne. They're like Lenny James. Is uh, British right? The governor, the governor, the was governor Brit- is British. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Lauren Cohan, who plays Maggie, mm-hmm. she's British. British. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So good. Anyways, you were saying um, he's leaving. So yeah, I think it was a decision that he's made as an actor that he he feels like he needs to move on. Mm. If you're kind of going the par- towards the parallels of uh, the comic book and the TV show, obviously in the comic book right now, you know where it stands, Rick Grimes is still alive, uh. but so is you know so are characters like Carl. You know, Carl's still right, alive right. in the comic books. And uh-huh. He has a huge, significant role to play after the Negan conflict. and uh, But, you know, his character, spoiler alert, is gone. Oh, no. But yeah. we're allowed to diverge. You know, they're two different properties. They don't yeah. have to, you don't have to follow one to others. So. Yeah. And the same thing, Morgan is no longer on The Walking Dead. He's actually sort of the star 
uh, of Fear the Walking Dead, the spinoff show. Right. Right? Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, the, these things have kind of changed hands in the comic books. People have died earlier than they really had to. Like, things kind of changed within the storyline. Daryl doesn't even exist as a character in the comic books. That's always crazy um, to me. I, th- I, th- I What I th- see happening is that maybe I think Andrew Lincoln is leaving. Rick Grimes is going to die. or I, uh, my, It's my speculation is that he's going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and that uh, the character of Daryl is going you know probably take the forefront well here's one of the tiny little bits of information that we know is that we're going to get appearances from a bunch of deceased characters Mm -hmm. so sasha sinequa martin green who is uh michael berman on uh, star trek discovery love her uh shane john bernthal the the punisher and probably doing many other things great dude uh and herschel scott wilson who unfortunately passed away earlier this month uh following complications with leukemia he was 76 so all these uh these actors these characters are making cameo appearances in the november 5th bye bye rick Mm -hmm. um episode and i just don't think I just, I'm just not sure you're going to be seeing a bunch of dead people on your show if you are not also dying yourself. Yeah, I really, I kind of see this as like I think it's going to be when they had um, that episode that they took out Glenn. Yes. Um, at the end of that episode, they did this really kind of peaceful, serene scene oh, of all yeah. the cast uh, members, including Glenn and their their soon-to-be new baby and all that kind of stuff. They're all sitting around eating dinner like uh, um, along a giant you know, table. It was like amazing. Table. Mm. It was a great way to end such a heavy scene. I kind of see that happening as maybe just Rick Grimes finally being at peace um, back with his family and all the people that he's lost throughout, like along the way kind of thing. Um, that's probably how it's going to end. But mm-hmm. again, like I, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Hmm. Okay. I uh, clearly, I haven't watched it uh, since season three. You guys, I don't. Mm. What season are we in right now? Oh wow! I'm uh, way, I, way behind, and I'm not. And I, not that I'm behind, and I got to catch up. Like I abandoned it. I was uh, fair. I'm yep. done with the show, and I. I uh, so honestly, I abandoned during the Negan season. Right. So uh, yeah. what was that? Seven, eight. Yeah, yeah. Because no, we're on nine right now. Yeah. Holy smoke! Yeah. So, I, so I don't know. It's like. Uh, you know, maybe they should have done this sooner. It's mm-hmm. like uh, you get your front man and your band here. You got uh, you Rick for the whole time. But the problem with zombie properties in general is that it's an unsustainable. Yeah. That's why every single zombie movie, if it works, is happening pretty much right as the zombie apocalypse is happening. Yeah. Because it's the end of the world. Right. Not the uh, middle of the world like, or the new normal or whatever. It's just like a zombie apocalypse means this. you're toast. Because yeah. the, the, normal normal the new normal isn't interesting. It kind of isn't, right? Yeah. It's just like, yeah, and you get tired of the same people killing zombies over and over again. If there's any kind of sustainable living... That's just pe- watching people working on a farm. That's not a show, yeah. right? So it's just like that was my struggle. It was a lot of chatter and a lot of no, no real reason to really continue doing this. Certainly not with the same characters. That's why probably Fear of the Walking Dead started up. Where is that set? Right at the beginning of it, right? Exactly. Well, you yeah. see the collapse and the fall apart of a society, and you, you're dealing with it from fresh eyes. It's that's why like uh, the Romero movies. It's like every single one of them is not a continuation. You know, you don't still have the same people who were who were they coming to get. Susan, right? They're coming to get you. Oh, yeah, Margaret, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Margaret, whatever her name is. I can't remember. It's the f- most famous line in the movie. Yeah, I can't. They're coming I know to get you. I know what you mean. Yeah. Right? She wasn't in Dawn of the Dead the way that she was in Night of the Living Dead because you have to see it from a fresh perspective for it to still be interesting. Yeah. And so maybe they should have done away with Rick a long time ago. I get wanting to keep your 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 actors and your people you're comfortable with, but uh, yeah, maybe that's enough. That's why. And I, I get to, uh, This is where I see... 
um, the traditional show, The Walking Dead, kind of falling in that they are starting to move towards uh, where the comic book is. And I, it, I, I can maybe see it working a little bit better in a comic book in terms of where the comic book is at right now is that they're building a greater community. Right. There are multiple settlements mm-hmm. of living people and now they're working in trade deals and they're actually mm-hmm. you know they're trying to build a rebuild a society okay. but you can't right. do that for too long because that becomes the new normal and that's just a show about life and that's kind of boring yeah. boring right yeah, yeah. yeah it's so boring which yeah. is why I've kind of started to uh, gravitate towards the Lenny James led one fear the walking dead mm-hmm. now that They've sort of rebooted that too. In that, like the originally the the original cast of Fear the Walking Dead is pretty much all but gone. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, and they've sort of rebooted it with this new group. And they have they, like in this previous season of Fear the Walking Dead, they had things that were, you know, it reminded me why like the early seasons of The Walking Dead. They they were stuck up on a roof, and it reminded me of the time that Merle was chained there, right. and they went to go back up and look for him. And yeah. the the thing with a small group of survivors and, and how they can coexist and the dynamic between them is what really ha- has me gravitating towards Fear the Walking Dead right now, yep. whereas I feel like The Walking Dead right now is a little bit bigger than it should be. You know, there's a little bit too much there. I um I dropped out of fear of The Walking Dead after the first season. I'm very interested now in coming back to it because honestly, I found most of the characters blah, boring and whiny blah. and just mm. nothing. It didn't really engage with me. So you know what you should do? Tell me. Don't catch up. Oh. Just start it from this most recent season. Huh. Okay. Because that I think it lends itself to that. It it gives itself like this storyline of a season through some flashbacks and stuff this storyline that was never told in previous seasons where it's kind of catching you up to where it is now like there's a significant time jump basically the time jump takes place to after the Negan conflict Oh crap! Right. Okay, so they, there's a significant Whoa. jump in time with Fear the Walking Dead now to to the point where it's no longer in the beginning of the zombie apocalypse. Oh, cool! But it still feels new because the group is small. But if I were to drop in, they do that. You know, the the previously on Fear the Walking Dead, but it'd be actually like relevant stuff that I would want to see to catch me up to. This yeah, new well, because like the previous season before this one, I kind of caught up, but I just skimmed through the episodes. Yeah. I didn't really want to get too too much into it. Half-heartedly watching, um, and then I I found that. Like when I started this season, I was like, "Oh, you know what? I really didn't need to to try to even catch up." Like, doesn't it didn't really matter because like, all you're that. doing That's is cool. just seeing where they're at now. Um, but yeah, it's uh, like the cast that is is in this right now. Like Jenna Elfman is is part of the cast. What? Oh, word? Right That's now. so yep. cool. Uh, Garrett Dillahunt, uh, who always plays this, like he plays like this Why do I know that name? character. Yeah, um, redneck sometimes, but he plays a really cool character. Maggie Grace uh, is in it right now. Mm. I love her. Okay, character. this is cool. Yeah, this is cool. I, I okay, good. I'm coming back. I kind of feel like uh, it's a missed opportunity. They could have done more of this, even just within the primary series. Mm-hmm. Again, I get uh, wanting to stay with your characters that you've built up and it's a risk right it's like if you do one season based on these characters and then you get to start from scratch with all new characters or whatever it is and obviously you want to stick to some level with what the comics are doing and the characters that they've built up but uh it was like jumping around and then you can always it's, it's a big world but just like that's would be an exciting thing yeah you know when characters from the first season is like how are they doing and then they pop in on the new brand new group from the second season. I don't know. That would have been an interesting way for it to go. I may have stuck with the uh, 
as risky as maybe that a maneuver is for a TV show to do, I maybe mean, I would have stuck with it longer. By the way, they were coming to get Barbara. Barbara. Was, oh, thank they were you. Yeah, to yeah, get yeah. You, Barbara. Yeah. I looked it up. <laughs> okay, that's cool. That makes sense. I really like that that reco on uh, on Fear the Walking mm-hmm, Dead. Mm-hmm. I would come back to that. Moving on. We need like a bell or something if we're if we're done a topic and we're going to move to the next. <laughs> thing. Do you, are, are we have we have we walked walk the Walking Dead? Have we oh, walked yeah. the walk. We're yeah, done. Okay. I think we're yeah. done with that. Let's talk about Guillermo del Toro directing a stop motion Pinocchio movie for Netflix. What? There are a lot of things in there. There are a lot of things in there that really kind of perked up my ears. Uh, Guillermo del Toro being one, Pinocchio mm-hmm. being the other, and Netflix being the third because I have Netflix. Um, that's cool. This is uh, what we know. It's going to be set in the 1930s. Um, production will be in the fall. It's the fall, so maybe it should be started right now. It's a collaboration with the Jim Henson Company, and uh, co-director will be Mark Gustafson of the fantastic Mr. Fox movie. Nice. Are we assuming here that just Pinocchio and the other puppets will be the thing that is a stop motion and that there will be live action actors in it too, or is the whole thing going to be <gasps> stop motion? That's neat. I like that angle. I think that would be better because... Have we seen that much, that mix lately? You know, I don't feel like we have. No, I'm trying to even think. It's really a chitty-chitty bang-bang era type of uh, type of thing when you would see that in the movies with that mix. Yeah. Uh, Jason and the Argonauts and whatnot. Like, I, don't, I can't right. think of a recent movie where you've mixed. <laughs> I mean, Who Framed Roger Rabbit with like car- cartoons and sure, whatever. Like, mixing yeah. stop motion. Mary Poppins. Yeah, jeez. Uh, Jason and the Argonauts and the original Clash of the Titans. Yeah, oh, sure. Clash right? of the Titans. Absolutely. Yeah. So that, I think, would uh, really appeal. It seems to make sense to me with the Guillermo del Toro. That would probably be That'd a be lot awesome. easier for production, you know, if you're yes. not stop motioning an entire... Well, mind you, it's not a series. It's a movie, as I understand it. So, mm-hmm. um, so but still, that sounds really interesting. I like very many things that Guillermo del Toro does. Well, we were talking about last week, like, I wish there was a, a Hellboy 3... Yes, uh, with the original cast and with gear, what especially with what Guillermo del Toro did with uh, Hellboy One, mm-hmm. and uh, just what he can do in general, uh, I can't wait to see what he can do with this. Yeah, it's exciting. I do you like movies like Fantastic Mr. Fox and uh, Isle of Dogs was another Wes Anderson movie that came out not too long ago. It's like. Uh, I don't know. Did you see those? I've seen, yeah. I, I, I did not like Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mm. I, I don't, I can't, re- I can never really put my finger on why, but like just the story itself yeah. was not enough to sort of get me past the animation, which I always found yes. a little bit, you know, like your hairs continue to move when they shouldn't. It was a little <laughs> yeah. bit odd. I did l- really enjoy Isle of Dogs, though. Um, but I think that might be more Wes Anderson's fault in that, you know, he's throwing in all these, you know, these translations of translations, right. none of which that we can read. It's just a whole bunch of, it's just a whole bunch of Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson things. Mm-hmm. I love the cartoon, you know, uh, battles of cotton when all the dogs <laughs> right. are fighting one on. I really enjoyed that movie, but I think it was a good plot and a good story yeah. and um, really well acted. So maybe I need to go back to that Fantastic Mr. Fox? Probably not. But I, I did enjoy Isle of Dogs because it did have the same sort of like weird animation happening after it should have been types of things in it. Right. Yeah. But generally, I was able to look right past that because I think it was just a better story. Yeah, I enjoy those. I would rather in this day and age watch a well done uh, uh, f- a stop motion movie you know, it's like as I crave something tangible over an, just another CGI mess. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, the, the only problem with those two movies is that they're both the same director and they're just 
they're completely defined first almost by the fact that they're Wes Anderson movies. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. like it, maybe it would be nice to see a stop motion uh, picture from Guillermo del Toro that's not as symmetrical as Wes Anderson demands everything be and not in that quirky, quirky, quirky style. I'll have to say that did influence my um, my watching of it going in. I'm just mm. like, okay, I'm sitting down to another Wes Anderson movie. Right. And, and so yeah, these things were all in my head is the yeah. framing and the timing and the, the types of characters and whatnot and Yep. Yeah, checked all the boxes, and and that's cool because he's amazing. Sure, yeah. But you're right; it is sort of like yet another checklist of Wes Anderson quirks. Yeah, yeah. And this is going to be strictly a Netflix, like the Disney. I, so far as I've read, this Disney doesn't have anything to do. This is not going to be like one of the Disney uh, live action kind of. Oh, uh, movies yeah. that are kind of coming up right now, right. like Aladdin. And, no, yeah. I didn't. I didn't read any connection to that. And I, you know, I mean, because I mean, Pinocchio, the story itself is public domain for sure. So, yeah. Um, oh. so yeah, they're free to do with it whatever they want. And uh, honestly, yay, let's give a give that a little bit of separation of church and state. And mm-hmm. uh, and I'm okay with it to see a completely you know different person, different universe take gonna, us on. Yeah, for sure. It's gonna make you wonder though if it does piss Disney off a little bit yeah. because that's their model now is to remake every single <laughs> animated <laughs> movie that they. They've ever done with yeah. you know it's like CGI and live action. Yep. Um, I wonder if like they were like, well, we were gonna do Pinocchio. <laughs> yeah. We gotta exactly. do Aladdin first, but I swear to God, we're getting around we're to getting it. We're getting around to it. Yeah. CGI Pinocchio is gonna blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> right? but, uh, so I wonder if they're pissed that kind of Guillermo is beating them to the punch. And again, but if it, if that's what it's gonna be, is a neat take and a stop action, stop motion take over a Disney uh, multi budget. CGI Pinocchio, then fantastic. I'm glad he beat him to the punch on that one. Agreed, agreed. Because I, again, I like so many things that Guillermo del Toro does. It'd be great to see his spin on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have the long pause, which ding. indicates, yeah, ding, we're <laughs> off to the next thing. Um, Bruce Wayne cast in the Todd Phillips Joker movie, and he's a kid. Dante Pereira Olson. I'm off to get some water. Go talk. Um. Uh, okay, so I don't care for. <laughs> Yes, please. <laughs> Bud's getting me water. Thank you, Bud. No, I'm good, um, uh, I don't watch Gotham because I don't care about prequels. Yeah. Okay? Every prequel I've ever seen has uh, only ever told me that, uh, hey, here's a part of the story that is before you care about the story. Exactly. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. So I don't watch Gotham. I don't care about the child Bruce Wayne aside from is the, the first to 15 minutes of most Batman movies or the flashback in the Tim Burton case where I see his uh, origin in that way. Mm-hmm. So I don't want that. Um, I hope that this little uh, nugget that's been floated out as a piece of information about this movie simply means that there will be a very short part of the movie where it shows Bruce Wayne exists and that that he's a young child and that that's all we see of him. I don't... (laughs) The Joker... I have strong feelings about this. I hope you'll indulge me here. The Joker works, and I'm mad. I'm really pissed that there's two Joker movies coming out now with no Batman in them. It's the reason that Gotham sucks to me. It's the reason that these two movies are bullshit. The Joker... As much as he is a more interesting character in the movies that he's in with Batman, and that's what makes those movies so interesting and electric is that character, 
He exists primarily as a foil for Batman. Yeah, they're two sides of the same coin, essentially. Yes. If you only have one side of the coin that you're showing, then what is this going to be? A yeah. Venom I said movie. that before. Yeah, exactly. It's a Venom That's movie. What, this is why I was like, uh, with with Sony doing a Venom movie, with Sony doing a Craven the Hunter movie, it's the exact same thing. Why are you doing uh, a movie villain universe without a hero? Yes. Because we all want to root for a hero. Are we going to be rooting for this villain? Are we going to be rooting for the Joker? And like to say, to your point of where, you know, they've essentially taken out the most interesting thing, like which is Batman yeah. in this Joker movie. Mm-hmm. That's I think what they might be doing is sort of capitalizing on, like what they did with Gotham, mm-hmm. right? What they did with Krypton, mm-hmm. right? They're essentially capitalizing on maybe the success of Smallville, mm. but Smallville's success is that it still had a fucking Superman in it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just the, the Superman was coming into his own. Right. They're also coming out with a, a show about Alfred Pennyworth. Stop it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. So I didn't know that. That's oh ridiculous. My God. Which is so funny because have you ever, you haven't seen Teen Titans Go yet, have you? I have watched oh, the like, Oh, my God. So I haven't a, seen the movie, but I watch the show all the time with my yeah, kids. Yeah. So the movie, they have uh, like all these trailers, like, all you guys, all you superheroes get a movie. <laughs> and then they, they have this thing where Robin thinks he's getting the movie, and it's like, he's Batman's right-hand man. And it zooms out, and it's Alfred. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> and it's like, it's the same thing that they're joking about, right? Yeah, right. Uh, you know, so um, I'm sick of it. I think um, this Joker movie is... Uh, uh, it's it's ill plotted from the go. The fact that it is about the Joker, same with the one that uh, Jared Leto is making, and that or maybe that's a Harley Quinn movie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, doesn't matter. But, uh, no baloney, and I don't want. Certainly, it's like it's gonna completely fuck up the timeline. In that, you know, it's like the the Joker is gonna be. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix aged the whole movie, and so then Bruce Wayne is a child, mm-hmm. or does it show, is there a younger version of the uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker? Are we retrotting that where, you know, it was Jack Nicholson's Joker who killed Batman's parents, and there's that element, which, by the way, was ham-fisted to begin with and not true to uh, the <laughs> comics, you know, like, that was the one beef I had with that movie. The Joker's a good villain, you know, and a best villain when he is comes out of nowhere. There's not a vendetta between Batman and the Joker, simply that the Joker is this wild Wild card, and then exactly the way that Christopher Nolan did it mm-hmm. with Heath Ledger, that he's just, he comes out of nowhere. He's a complete psychopath. He has no redeeming qualities, which again is not, it makes for these movies to have the Joker as the star, or the protagonist, or an anti protagonist, or whatever. It's like, you can't have him. He's yeah. antagonist by nature. By the, the, that's what he is. So it's just more, this announcement of this kid being cast is just more just like, this thing's gonna be a goddamn mess. Yeah, the whole all these Joker properties are a mess, and they're, what they're trying to do is capitalize on the interest that Heath Ledger brought back to the character, or that Mark Hamill uh, brings to that character. Uh, yes, of course, you've got a fantastic character. Let's squeeze every ounce of juice we can from him. <laughs> but uh, Jesus, that's enough with all. It's this. a lot of kicks of the can. It's You're absolutely lot. right, and yeah, it just seems needless. I, what you did, really, is you, <laughs> you fucked up by. Uh, uh, hiring Jared Leto in the first place. DC, mm-hmm. you, you, you we're building this whole new universe. The Joker is a very important moving part in that universe. Um, you had an okay Batman with uh, Ben Affleck. You tried to marry that all together, but uh, guess what? Jared Leto and his take on the character was trash. So if you're trying to make a good one with uh, Joaquin Phoenix, maybe you should have thought of him in the first place for Suicide Squad and beyond. And then now, at this point, you could be making a new Batman movie 
with the Joker as the villain in your universe, but you have a good one. You know, because I believe maybe Joaquin Phoenix could be a good Joker. He has to be better than Jared Leto. Yeah. So that was your mistake, and now, I don't know, it's a whole mess trying to do these characters a 10 million times in a decade. Everybody needs their, their Aladdin 2, you know, their one forgettable portrayal of the character. <laughs> you know? That was the one movie without Robin Williams, and, and yeah, so maybe Jared Leto is, is that at this point. But God bless Dan Castellaneta for giving it his all to be the, <laughs> the genie in Aladdin 2. Return of Jafar. Yeah, oh, thank you. Oh, my God, you actually remember the proper title of it. That's crazy. I had to look that up last week. (laughs) Ding? Ding. Ding. Uh, Let's talk more Avengers. The next Avengers. Huh, the movie company that's doing the right things. (laughs) (laughs) So, Polly sent this out as a possible topic of discussion before uh, before the podcast recording, and the title of the article, this comes from comicbookmovie.com, the title is... Avengers 4, a, a first look at Gwyneth Paltrow suited up as spoiler, has leaked online. <laughs> but then, Paul, you pasted in the URL so we could click it and read it, and it says, Avengers 4, a first look at Gwyneth Paltrow suited up as rescue has leaked online. Oh, no! The, the spoiler's right in the, the permalink of the, of the website URL. So <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, no, that's fine. Like, I don't care. It's just I thought it was a funny move from on, on their part. You know, when they, orish, they initially write these things, it's probably a WordPress platform. Right. They'll write the title, and the uh, permalink will auto-generate, which is all the words in the title, just with dashes where there are spaces. Right. And, then and if, you, if you change it afterwards, yeah. you have to change the permalink. It doesn't auto-change. Yeah, right. right. Anyways, here's what we have. Um, it seems... That uh, Gwyneth Paltrow may be putting on the rescue suit in the next Avengers movie. And, you know, recovery from the snap aside, we need somebody. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. got to be some other superhero to fill out the lineup because, holy smokes, we're, we're down a couple people. Well, now, so do you both, uh, was that a spoiler to you? Because if I would have read that hyperlink and just saw the word rescue, I didn't know. I know, I understand now that this is a part of her uh, comic book uh, trajectory, whatever, that Gwyneth Paltrow or Pepper Potts rather uh, suits up in as a character named Rescue when she goes into her own Iron Man costume. Yeah. So that meant something to you guys. You knew that, that what that was going to be. As a comic book nerd, yeah. No, yeah, okay. but like uh, traditionally... Uh, anybody who's just watching the movies won't really know who that is. I didn't, you know. Yeah, I, I was only I, I was didn't. I was peripherally aware. I think I became aware of it. I was doing some study on the suits or something a year or so ago, right. um, and and discovered it somewhere in a Wikipedia there. So I thought, oh, that's cool, and that makes nothing but sense. Sure, obviously, really, really. I think it was because uh, my kids have the uh, Marvel uh, superhero game, but it's like all Lego characters. Okay, and when you can unlock different characters, and one of the characters that you could have unlocked was uh, Pepper Potts in the rescue suit. Nice, oh, and nice. You unlock her in in her uh, in her little Iron Man suit. Neat. Um, yeah. So I th- I think it's cool because um, we were talking about uh, in the previous podcast sort of my theory in terms of where it's going to start off. You, you were talking about that uh, yesterday with mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had read somewhere that it starts off five years. Everything I see, everything is like uh, is going to start five years in the future. But yeah, and that's like, so cool. That's so close to what you've been thinking. Yeah. Brian. So that's like great. all of because all of the. Um, I remember seeing some set photos and stuff, and I know how much Art hates these, but he's not here right now, so let's talk about them. Art hates uh, set photos? Oh, yeah. He's, he doesn't he like the spoilers. Ruins it for everybody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I've seen set photos with a, a Tony Stark 
with a little bit more frosting. Like he's old. Right. Yeah. He's yeah. older in this. Right. So I think after the events of Ant-Man, uh, he's going to step out into the future uh, in order to get himself out of the quantum realm. And he's going to get to see how everybody's dealt with the snap for the last several, several amount of years. Mm-hmm. Right. And one of those... You know, very well could be that, uh, you know, while Iron Man was on a different planet somewhere, Gwyneth Paltrow, or Pepper Potts, rather, took up the mantle of Iron Man in in the form of rescue. Yeah, well, somebody's got to step up because everybody's freaking missing. Yeah, Yeah. right. Interesting. But yeah, again, I I would be, I would love to see that because everybody knows after the snap happened, uh, and I know you didn't really pick up on this because you you know you're sort of in 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 the midst of it but like as soon as the snap happened and um as soon as you see black panther go and as soon as you see spider-man go all these people who've just had their franchises (laughs) started yeah you know the person outside of the movie theater that's watching this kind of version of you knows that oh they're gonna fix this yeah no black panther there's gonna be a black panther 2 there's gonna be a spider-man 2 yeah um they're gonna fix this but in order to have avengers for feel the weight of the snap, you need to do a bit of a time jump and yeah. see how people have dealt with this. I also right. think too is like if you if you picked it up right after the uh, post credit scene, um, it's kind of it's kind of The Walking Dead. Yep. It's kind of you know, <laughs> th- that post credit scene did a great job of showing because you see all the characters kind of like get snapped away mm. and uh, in, where they are, but they're in very weird places. They're in uh, is like Wakanda out in the fields. They're on uh, the other planets, right? But that post credit scene did a great job, I think, of like really kind of showing what the reality is for everyday life living in a city of uh, what the snap means. And it's utter fucking chaos. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? It's car accidents. It's a helicopter crashing into a building. You can only imagine where it goes on from there. Rioting and all that. You know, you, you just got a glimpse of that. If that's where you start the next movie, it's like, holy smokes, that's that's a chaotic movie. And then it's unrealistic too, yep. to, within a two and a, and a half hour movie, to even move on from that. Yeah. To even properly deal with that chaos and get to a place of, okay, now how do we undo what was done. However, I would love five minutes of that to start the movie. Oh. Just because I was like, that's, that's, I don't know if you know this, I somehow managed to keep myself in a spoiler-free bubble hmm. about Infinity War. That's a feat! It was yeah. congratulations. Months. It was wow. months from Holy airing smokes. until I saw it, and I all I knew was something about Ash, right, like yes. there, because of memes or other things like that. But I had no clue what was going to happen or to whom. And I came out of that movie feeling, whoa, like mm. a huge weight on me. Like, yeah. what the hell? And how are they possibly going to fix this? Mm-hmm. And it was the next day in the podcast where Art and Brian had to assure me that, yeah, these people are signed up for more movies. They've got they've got to find a way to recover. Yeah. And actually watching Ant-Man and the Wasp, when the other three people disappear, I'm just yeah. like, oh, that's not, that's, no, that can't be. And after that movie, yeah. I felt a little bit better. So I'm, you know, I get it now. I'm in a, I'm in a much better space. But those last, the, the last post-credit spoiler scene with um, Maria Hill and um, and Nick Fury. Yep. And and then, yeah, everything's sort of happening around them. Mm-hmm. I would love to see just a little bit of that as an establisher because that oh, kind sure. of thing is, it can make for great, you know, great movie making and a great sort yeah. of emotional build as to, th- and, and a setup for this is the world you're coming into mm-hmm. because holy crap, half the people. Yeah, you're, you're definitely going to need that. Yeah. And then you're going to definitely need that time jump because you you want to actually see an effective 
um, change within the characters. Like Tony, St- uh, no doubt Tony Stark's probably changed because of this. Hugely, uh, Captain America is probably changed because of this. I love. I there was this uh, rumor because Clint Barton is the last. We, we haven't seen him. Oh we, yeah, like, we haven't seen. And he was explained and, away in and, one line. Exactly, and yeah. and we haven't seen him. We haven't seen if he even survived the snap or not. Um, my assumption is that he does, but his family hasn't because ah. we've seen him. Oh, we've seen set photos of him no. in his Ronin costume. Yeah, right. So he's become. Ronin with like and his his Ronin character in the comic books is like this one man army of like you know he'll he'll take on things by himself he's no longer kind of part of the Avengers in that sense so I think like maybe his family's gone like fallen victim to the snap and he's become this really badass character that's nothing what pushed, left to lose that's what yeah. pushed him over yeah. the edge he's lost wow. it that makes so that would be really cool to see as well right yeah so yeah this uh, is not surprising to me that we'll see uh, rescue in in the next Avengers and that's just one little piece piece of undoubtedly, you know, weeks and months of uh, speculation and rumors and little tidbits that we get before, you know, even a trailer. Is there mm-hmm. supposed to be a trailer maybe this or next month? Is that what I'm hearing? I haven't heard. Oh, I haven't heard anything. Uh, that's, I think, I I think that, that would be a bit much. Yeah. I, I would like to think that they'll wait until uh, spring. Yeah. Because yeah, um, I don't know if we, one, I don't know if we need one because no, Avengers Infinity War has just happened. They could probably go this whole time without a trailer. Yeah. And I'd still see obvious, oh, I'd still, either way it's going to get my money, but I, people <laughs> would still want to see where this goes. But yeah, like like what we were saying earlier this year when they released the trailer for Avengers Infinity War, it was released before Black Panther was released. So you get a little bit of a you get into spoiler territory. I'm like, right. oh well, Black Panther is going to be fine, yes. and they've got Captain Marvel being released before Avengers Four. Right. So I I don't know if that's going to have an effect on it, but who knows? We we could be and like they again, like I was saying before too, they don't really care. In a sense, like uh, of of making like if if things leaked or or whatever, because they know things leak and they know things get out and and yeah. you know they know that the audience is smart enough to see through some of these things. And thank you for right. giving us credit, Marvel. Absolutely, yeah. but yeah, they have their grand plan, you know. So none of this stuff is, I believe, or very little of it is is a legitimate mistake. You mm-hmm. know, I'm pretty sure they are pretty on top of you know most of their information. Mm-hmm. Ding? Ding. Well, <laughs> ding, why, ding, I, ding, ding, ding. I don't know if we want to talk about this 16-bit recreation of the snap, but that was pretty uh, amazing. That was incredible. Um, I did see the 16-bit recreation of the Thanos fight on Titan. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, if oh. you haven't seen it, there there is one that, that was done of that as well. Same creator? Uh, it looks like it oh, because cool. it just seems like, yeah, it seems like an intent, like an old school Nintendo game. So let's like, back it up. Let's uh, let's talk about what we're talking about, with, which is um, found the this... 16-bit, like the old video games, recreation of the snap and, and what led up to it and a little bit before and after. So it's a, it's about a five-and-a-half-minute clip, and it looks like a video game from the 80s or 90s. But more importantly, it sounds like a video game from the 80s and 90s. All that, you know, and kind of sounds. Um, <laughs> it is an incredible, very faithful um, recreation of the snap from Avengers Infinity War, and it's adorable and amazing and really well done and the video is 11 minutes because first you watch it on its own and then you can watch it shot by shot with the movie above it mm-hmm. and bless bless all these talented <laughs> people with scads of spare time on their hands yeah. because then we get to enjoy this kind of thing which i will say now we will put in the show notes 
as if we have show notes. I've got to make sure that we have show notes. I don't know if I've ever made show notes. Yeah, <laughs> we'll put the we'll put the YouTube video on the website for for this for this show. It was cool, but yeah, like there's um there was one that was done uh, a little bit before that had the the fight on Titan. Which is really cool. That sounds amazing. See, like that 16-bit version of Doctor Strange. Oh, and, so and him, cool. Like doing all his weird things while he was fighting Thanos and and Tony Stark as well, or like uh, Iron Man in in his cool suit and everything like that. So I'm gonna have to go and seek that one out. Uh, ultimately, I think eventually the whole movie is gonna be redone in 16-bit. I'm sure they're just gonna take scene by scene and just <laughs> oh, recreate the sure. whole thing, <laughs> yeah. and then somebody will put together a whole. No, I'm sure they will. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think? Are we uh, are we are we done? Have we done a geek out? Have we geeked? I think this is. Uh, this is good. Is Probably there anything that you to wanted end? to talk about with this last thing or no? Um, uh, no, I uh, think this is fantastic. And um, I, um, I feel, I w- I, once again, just honored to come in here and uh, yell about some things for a bit. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I can't uh, wait till Game of Thrones starts because oh, we're going to get oh, you Oh, man. I hope you do. Yeah, I'd love to come back. There's stuff we didn't even get to today that I'm like wildly interested in. And uh, if you'll have me, I'm happy to come back. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, um, yeah, thank you so much for having me on this one. It's a, what a pleasure. It's been great having you here. Uh, we need, uh, I, like, I like the guest idea. We need, we need more guests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Art doing his real work uh, <laughs> was a good excuse to bring in a guest. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. We definitely need to get Kirsten James of the Weekend Zone on here. Ooh. She is she Harry is Potter geek chat. level a yeah. thousand, yes. and boy, can she she geek as as good as as any of us. So yes. yeah, I think uh, we're gonna well we're gonna keep doing this, um, even if it's just for ourselves. And uh, and yeah, so we'll we'll definitely bring more guests in soon. Paul, it's been great having you. Thank Where you. Where can we find you on the internets? Um, please uh, check, uh, just to search my name on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Twitter. I don't care for those things anymore, but I am on them, and I'll <laughs> certainly <laughs> respond to you. And Have a glimpse at Paul Plastino's life from three years ago when he was last <laughs> using social media. <laughs> no, I'm a little better than that, but uh, I, I'm there. I'm on those things. Uh, of course, uh, thezone.fm has uh, um, lots of stuff. Mostly what I like to do online is uh, share uh, audio from um, my afternoon show that I do uh, usually with Jenny West. So uh, that's really where uh, I pl- push that out. That's the best that I stuff that I ever do. So listen to that. On the zone.fm. It's on the zone.fm, yes. Brian Boitano, where will we find you? Uh, Boitano913 on Twitter, Instagram, uh, DJ Boitano on Facebook, and of course you can listen to uh, the mixtape. Uh, and previous mixtapes at thezone.fm slash mixtape. Oh, can, can I go again? Mixtape. Yes. I, went, I went this whole podcast without plugging my own podcast. How it's, about you do that? You're in the yeah, podcast right. galaxy and universe. Check out another one. Um, uh, yeah, so it's called the PJ Party Podcast. We, again, are on thezone.fm. Uh, but also you can find us on uh, iTunes and uh, take it with you. And this is uh, the best of uh, Jenny and I's show from the Afternoon Zone and is a lot of fun to listen to because there's a lot, there's all, there's like clips from the show, but there's also a good amount of uh, Jenny and I BSing like we have here today. And I will admit, I, I listen to a crap ton of podcasts, but it is a highlight of my week every week to hear that music. I'm like, yeah, it's a PJ Party podcast. I really do enjoy it. Thank you. Because um, there's uh, invariably going to be things that I miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because I mean, we work here, so we're we're working, and we can't always listen as we're as we're doing these things. So it's nice to hear. It's nice to hear. That. Oddly enough, though, when Bud sings the theme song to the PJ Party podcast, it sounds like Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> What a callback! <laughs> oh, I love it. I am Webmeister Bud on all socials, and you can also hear me on Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 7.20 on The Morning Zone with Dylan and Jason. And at the end of that show and at the end of this show, I always say, bye! <laughs>